I feel like things are like somewhat going back to normal here a little bit, slowly but surely. Says the man who gets to go to the office. Exactly. God. I went to the donut shop, I went to the coffee shop, and I went to the office today. How normal. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty small. <laughs> Dude, I biked 10 miles over my lunch in 85% humidity. It has been, it's nasty outside. It is horrible. It's, Yeah. I golfed 18 holes on Sunday and on Monday, and both days I was like, this is disgusting. It's, an, like, I feel like I, I didn't, like, somehow I, like, am living in Florida, and I didn't ask for it. Like, right. and we've been getting these, like, random thunderstorms that come through for 20 minutes, and then they are, next thing you know, it's fine and sunny. It's like torrential rain. It just feels like we're all living in Florida. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm normally not one to like the heat. Like I like, I like like mid sixties, low seventies. That's like my type of weather. But uh, I've been I've been enjoying the. I've actually been enjoying the like high eighties, low nineties, which is different. But I've been embracing it. <laughs> New Year, New Year. <laughs> yeah, yep. uh, and I figure if I end up going to Texas at some point, I gotta gotta embrace the heat. So true. Let's talk about this other crazy thing that's happened to me today, followed by right. a few other crazy things. Let's hear it. So I ordered a mirror in March, and it arrived today. Okay, that's so not the crazy thing because, like, <laughs> when I bought it. It was like back ordered until July. Got it. Where'd you get it from? Um, Fern Living. Okay. Never heard of it. Well, it's this really dope like pond looking mirror. It's like, okay. it's really organic in shape. It's cool. Got it. So I was like super stoked to get it. Been waiting for literally months for it. I, it like it arrives. So I go get it. On the outside of the box, it's like, hey, in literally like the sticker says, it says, fragile mirror, please treat me with care and avoid seven years of bad luck. Thank you. Did you break this fucking mirror today? No. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. When I pulled out of the box, it was totally shattered. So I was like, that's super, like, that's huge, bummer, whatever. But I'm like, I'm going to come for the guy or girl who literally broke this mirror. And I was like, if COVID is still around, it's because this person shattered my mirror. <laughs> so then I'm like, whatever. I need to, like, email this company and be like, yo, the, this expensive mirror I bought shattered. Send me a new one. Start having the rest of my day, like whatever, whatever. I go, I'm like, I'm like so parched. I like feel like I'm so dehydrated from this bike ride. So I decided to go get a cup of water from my um, Brita filter. Well, somebody didn't get the memo that the public pools were closed due to COVID. 
and I had this large roach swimming in my Brita. Oh my lord. That's disgusting. I was <laughs> so fucking mad. Tap water has now been canceled. I can only drink sparkling water out of a can. And I would like call my mom because I was like, she would just find it so nasty. And she finds New York City living sometimes to be so like magical. And I'm like, sometimes I like remind her how gritty it is. Right. And I'm like, this is one of the worst things to ever happen to me here in the city. There is a roach literally swimming and it was still alive. So it's like running around. I can't get anywhere because the water was too low. So I like cleaned the crap out of it. And now I got to go get a new Brita filter tomorrow. You're like, what the hell? I'm like, that's like a safe place. (laughs) Not anymore. And it was a big roach. Like, definitely bigger than this like the length of a quarter like yeah it had to have been at least like inch or two at at least two inches long that's so gross how the hell does a roach get in your fridge in your brita so it wasn't in my fridge my water's been sitting on the counter got it and i had to get a drink of water earlier and i'm really really thankful that it was not in there earlier because you definitely saw it like the moment i walked up to it i was like there's something in the bottom of my brita. yeah yeah but if you climb up the side of the brita as bug most likely did the top part with the spout oh, there's right. no cover right. for it so it probably just like fell in and then it could never get back out so down the toilet it went for all the water that it could ever ever want in life <laughs> and so now <laughs> that's that i literally cannot that's i mean i feel like that's a a quintessential new yorker story yeah it's like the true grit and grime i pay like way too much to have a fucking roach in the (laughs) rita but i called david and i was like oh my gosh there's this roach my brita whatever and we had just had this conversation where I was like, I really want to go back to Manhattan. Like, I've been in Brooklyn for a while. Like, I'd love to spend more time with you. But, like, the city calls and I must right. leave. And, and he's like, well, if you wanted to go, <laughs> back, wanted to to go Manhattan, back to Brooklyn. You wanted to go back to Manhattan. Brooklyn. I was like, oh, jeez. I was like, I still love it here. I'm having a blast. Talk to you later. i <laughs> 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 send you a postcard. Oh, man. Oh, no. That is just a, like, and also like on a Wednesday, like you're just trying to make it through the week. Yeah. Well, that was the that was the top of the you know if if the week is a a climb and a descent, you've 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 reached the summit and it's all downhill from here. <laughs> I hope so. Hopefully, that wasn't like the best thing to happen to me this week. <laughs> It was the peak, hopefully it was the peak of the worst things that happened. Yeah, there you go, exactly. The valley. I've hit the rock bottom and now I'm coming back up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I leave for my trip on Monday. Monday, all right. I'm getting a haircut on Saturday. I'm pretty stoked about it. Stop. How many inches are you getting off? <laughs> all of the, I don't know, four or five? That's wild. I mean, if anyone has seen uh, the fat Jew on Instagram with his, like, vertical ponytail, um, I am, my hair is 
probably longer than that vertical Dude, ponytail. Take it before and after. Could yeah, you got be- it. It's <laughs> 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 oh, amazing. I don't have any uh, ponytail holders, so I can't do it. But I just took a picture of it. There you go. I need to keep that in my folder forever. Yep. Um, I'm going to that go. is hilarious. I mean, you it's look like the Slim Jim. Yeah, it looks. Yeah. I mean. Just go in right now and just <laughs> <laughs> feather it. Give yourself some layers. So good. Yeah. It's I'll almost look. like, you know, I thought about just letting it grow out, doing like the Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, I get it. Something like that. Um, not going to happen. <laughs> so, so you well, guys are, you guys leave Monday. Yep, we're heading to Portland. Portland first. So. And then driving be... down the coast. No. We're going inland from there. Oh, okay. Portland to Ta- Lake Tahoe. Gotcha. Okay. Lake Tahoe to Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City to Denver. Denver will be like the point where we decide which way we're going. Yep. I don't know what to. We'll see. I guess we're going to have to figure it out. But. Like, if their cases continue to grow the way they are, they're... New York at its worst when we were quarantining from home, I think was like 11,000 something cases a day. And they're at 10,500. So like, they're like almost at New York's worst. And we had tighter restrictions at that time. So just gonna like play it by ear. I just have like I have so many flight credits now that I've canceled flights for because I haven't gone on those trips and I'm almost like we could just fly to Austin at a later date if we wanted at like a reduced cost I don't know there's other ways for us to get there at a safer time but there's some other family things that are happening that weekend so we'll see what happens yeah I'll figure it out I mean the good news is like the reason cases are up so much is because one of the reasons is because we're testing so much more now mm-hmm. um, and mortality rate has been plummeting while cases has, have been going up. So that's good news, but that is good news. It's also like, um, I think we're having, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, and the nice thing is we're not going to super big hot spots. Like we're not going into those spaces. So it's like, <laughs> We're going just outside of Austin, which is a kind of a hot spot, but not too bad. I mean, whatever, considering other places considering, yeah. within the state. And then his hometown is like a tiny, tiny little county. And I think since COVID started, they have like 85 confirmed cases in that county. Wow. So those yeah. are the stories you won't hear on the news, but... That is correct. Um just trying to like have fun, manage expectations, be yeah. safe, all of the above. Yeah. And are you guys working? Like, are you working remotely while you're gone or are you just taking the time off? Um, we're working remotely, but this is the first week where I feel like I'm hitting a point of a little bit of burnout. So I might take some time that I wasn't expecting for just to like break up the days 
So, like, yeah. if he's working, then, like, I'm going to be, like, so, I don't know. It's going to be a little bit of, like, there's no reason for me to take the day off if he's can't take the day off. So, we'll have to just, like, coordinate our vacation. Coordinate is, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, and, like, the nice thing with, like, being out on the West Coast is, like, being three hours behind yeah. New York, our, like, days will end in early afternoon, and we can just, like, spend the rest of the day like hanging out or chilling so yeah, for sure more of like a six to two life versus nine to five. yeah that's not bad at all so uh, <clears throat> i do love the flexibility of work right now it's so Pretty great good. it's so good i like i think there's going to be a strong chance that we just don't go back until january from what i'm hearing and yeah. A lot of my colleagues who have left the city don't plan to come back to New York until January. So, wow. like, even if we did open, we wouldn't even have everybody at the office. So it's kind of like, what's the point? Right. Have to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been going to the office a couple of days a week. Uh, I. It's interesting, like a, like a year or two ago, a year and a half ago, if you would have asked me, like, if you had to go to the office every day, like, would you take a job that you had to go to the office every day? And I would have said, absolutely not. Um, Priority shifting. But like, man, I like being in the office. I'm just fucking productive. I get shit done. It helps that the projects that we're working on right now are really, really cool, really fun stuff. Um, so also working on potentially launching a new company. So we got like a lot of cool shit going on. Yep um so it's been a it's been a, a fun couple weeks but yeah now i'm still like i have no idea what i'm where i'm gonna live what i'm gonna do so i gotta figure all that shit out that'll be fun though that's good that's fun stuff to plan yeah um, part of me is like i really wish i could just sign like a six-month lease here at yeah. my current place and just like kind of wait it out until January and figure out what the hell is going to go on with maybe corona. during COVID they'll be more flexible. Yeah, maybe. And then if not, like, I'm sure, I mean, the one big impetus for me to like move, move would be uh, getting a new job. Sure. If I got a new job, then I could just offload the cost of moving onto potentially onto my employer for relocation costs. Yeah. So as of right now, that's kind of what I'm thinking of like, okay, maybe I'll just re-sign and then I'll, I mean, I've been saving a shit ton of money during Corona. So I'll Lucky. just, I haven't saved a dollar. I don't think <laughs> it's a, uh, I mean, the last couple of weeks I haven't, I've definitely not been saving money. Cause I just, I've been golfing and like, going to restaurants and coffee shops and all that good stuff. But um, like, I feel like I could, instead of doing like a month in different places, like I'll do like long weekends yeah, and do it that way. Um, that way it can be, I can be a little more, even more flexible with when and where I go places because who knows if they're going to fucking lock down or what's going to happen. So it's true. You don't want to be like, homeless you know yeah and i don't want to go to like i don't want to go like okay i'm gonna live in texas for a month and then fucking texas is like on lockdown and then if i want to come back i have to like 
I have to get on a plane. Then because I was in Texas, I have to quarantine for 14 days in a fucking state facility. Like, I don't want to deal with any of that shit. So, true. So who knows? This uh, it's it's on one hand like I can't believe it's already July, and on the other Crazy. hand, like, dude, it's only July. <laughs> I know. I feel the same way. Like I'm kind of like. I feel like, oh my God, the summer is like rapidly like going along. I was at Target and they put out back to school stuff and I was like, holy shit. Uh, that was always terrifying I, when you saw back to so school. So many deadlines. It's true. You're like, no, summer's all I'm summer. not going back. <laughs> I wish I could just go back to seventh grade. Life is so easy. Dude, just kidding. I, seventh grade sucks. I mean, go back to like summer 2015. Like that would that be was a, a good time. That would be a good time to go back to. That's when I moved to New York. Was that? Oh yeah, yeah. August of 2015. Yeah, 2015 was one of the best summers. It was so good. It was just like summers in uh, summers in Duluth were great. Fucking in college working. That quarter or three quarter time maybe part time and then otherwise like at the beach or playing uh i was in a volleyball league up at skyline a bowling alley and a volleyball space (laughs) exactly and a pizza parlor yeah why can't you be both so yeah good times uh yeah it's been crazy like just working in education like everyone's plans are kind of coming out and like what have you been hearing as far as like plans? So here's the scoop. A lot of schools are doing hybrid models because they can't afford to not have students living on campus. There's some bigger prestigious universities who have said they're going fully remote for the fall, like Oxford. Harvard. Um, exactly, but their Harvard's endowment's like insane. Like they could survive like you know billion dollars. Yeah, it's whack. And so you have that. And then there's like even like in K through twelve, you have like people who are trying to do hybrids. So like yep. preschoolers, they're like maybe like a week remote, a week in class, and it's like they're preschoolers. Like that's what you're gonna do. But not every home is a safe place. So I think people are trying right. to be accommodating there. And then, um, like, you have places like SOAS, which is like the school of African and Oceanic Studies, I think. Okay. Um, and that they're based in London. And they're doing kind of like an interesting model where it's like, which a few U.S. places are doing, but I had heard it from them first, where it's like, you are, your core, like, smaller classes will be in person, and then your larger lecture style will be remote or virtual. So it's kind of like, hopefully you're in the classroom, like, 75% of the time, if you have these smaller courses and, like, these more, because they're more of, like, niche study um, like if you're doing like a science lab or something like that, you kind of have to be in for the lab. You would be in person, but for the lecture, you would be digital or remote. Uh, so yeah. One of the least favorite classes in school. Bio and society. Like 
sit in a 300 person lecture and then like once a week go to a lab and do some fucking stupid experiment i mean that's how i found out i was the universal receiver i don't know what that means oh negative i think my blood type got it because like when you put in the clotting agent my blood never clotted huh so like everybody's blood could be donated to me and i'll be fine but there's i guess i didn't go to that lecture i didn't take that class or that lab i don't what what science did you take i have no idea i took um oceanography and it was horrible i definitely did not take oceanography sounded cool was not cool doesn't say i just wanted to learn about whales and that was only 20 minutes of one lecture (laughs) in the entire semester he's like our professor lily was like all right and if you took this class to learn about whales you'll enjoy the next 20 minutes and then he's like now we're done and you got it then i had to learn about calculating sediment distribution yeah no thanks there one there was one class about coastal erosion, which was pretty fascinating. But other than that, like, dang it. I don't remember, like, anything that I learned in college. Like, I couldn't anything? be like, I couldn't be like, oh, yeah, that class where we learned about coastal erosion, like, that, that doesn't register in my brain. I can like pick out topics of things that I learned about. I like can't tell you now how I would calculate coastal erosion yeah. or like sediment distribution or things like that. But like, I think there's also like some of those classes where like, like you really pick up on stuff that you love because the either the professor was engaging or the topic was cool. Like I always try to take like unique classes for like my liberal ed, like my lib eds. Yeah. And so I took Individuals with Disabilities in Society, which was actually a really, really fascinating course. Like, I remember just, like, learning so much about, like, accommodations and accessibility and things like that. And, like, I really, really liked the class. I don't really remember anything I learned, but I remember really, like, and actually, like, enjoying that class more than I ever thought I would. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, I don't know, all the classes that I enjoyed were, like, they were just, like, design classes where I got to do the projects that I wanted to work on, and I liked yeah. I liked the professors in the design school, and then I don't really, like, I don't really remember a lot of their classes that I took. I feel like I definitely, like, I went to college because, like, that was what you did. That was, like, what was expected of me uh yeah i get that but like i think i don't think i was actually like ready to go to college from like a learning perspective Mm. i think i like from a learning perspective i should have gone to college like two years ago like started school of like okay like i'm interested in these different things like i'm actually gonna take college like in learning seriously yeah because i definitely didn't take college very seriously i think there's just such a stigma around like once you graduate high school you go straight into college and then when you go to college you're gonna get a job and then you're gonna work for the next 50 years and then you're gonna retire and then you'll die yeah and it's like 
And I spent like it sounds like a very cookie cutter life. Like, and I spent like my last year at school, and probably the first, pretty much the first year after I graduated, like trying to reject that entire step-by-step life process. I know. I'm just like, I still am trying to reject that because I think it's like I don't know. I'm not necessarily reject it, but do it in my in my own way. That's not so predictable fair yeah i'm trying to also figure out like i don't just want to there's yeah i'm trying to like i don't want to just like do those things like that's why i feel like i have such a there's such an emphasis in my like life to like travel more and like make sure those are my priorities and then like while enjoying what i do so that every day doesn't suck because you should enjoy that your job and not dread it. Like, make sure you have those moments, but then also like prioritize the other things that you want to do. Like, I don't know. I just feel like so busy during quarantine, and I just think back and I'm like, I've started volunteering with a nonprofit. I'm like, we've launched this podcast, like, doing regular work, and then I've been freelancing a lot more, like all of a sudden like all my hours are like taken up and I'm like what and yeah. I don't know it's just like kind of like it's so tricky yeah well it's, I would say it's better to be like I started doing this I started doing this I started doing this like right like you have actual things that you're doing versus some people are just like I don't have enough time in the day it's like what do you do well, like well I played xbox for, like three hours and like I watched right. two hours of netflix and then like I had to go to bed I didn't have time to do anything right there's there's, uh there's a difference between like not having time for stuff and not not one not auditing how you spend your time Mm -hmm. and realizing what you should cut out or what you're willing to sacrifice for something that you think you want um but yeah i don't know it's interesting it's so cool i like it's so cool to like think about like the things that have like how much you've had to like how much you've grown or like what how you changed during quarantine like whether your priorities have changed or maybe you were unexpectedly laid off and now you're able to pursue something else like it's just cool to see how people have taken these new opportunities whether they originally good or bad and flip them to be something regardless of the origin or feelings of it have flipped it into being something like to better themselves and like I was just talking to someone the other day who unfortunately was laid off with the company that I was working at like early in COVID and you know like they're like I'm doing really well and I'm freelancing more and I'm like good like I'm glad you're able to find work and like things are just like working out for people you know I'm just like I'm just ready for a sense of like somewhat normal so I'm excited for this trip so that it feels like we're doing things and Right, be able to see family and all the important things. So, I think, dude, like, so there's something about just like being in your apartment all the time, like that is just like demoralizing. <laughs> like, yeah, you, gotta, it is. you have to just like get out, and whether it's just like, like in the when we were like deep in quarantine and everything was like really close, I would just go like on like a two hour walk and just be like, I just got to not be in my apartment for two hours because like, I can't go anywhere else. Like 
right walk to starbucks and get a coffee and then i had the like you can't sit in the starbucks you can there's three people out in the store you walk in get your starbucks and then get out but it's true i know i'm like trying i want to like do fit in a, a really long bike ride before i leave i have to like help a friend move some stuff from her apartment i have to help do some other stuff for a different for david and we're moving this other person out of a different apartment so it's like doing some like abnormal things this weekend as before we leave will be kind of nice and they're kind of in areas of the city that i don't get to anymore so it'll all feel kind of like i'm breaking my my covid quarantine phase reopening template life yeah which is nice because that's like that's how i feel like the last two weeks have been like oh okay like things seem like we're on the right track again um have you gone to i saw like they like shut down a bunch of streets and just like restaurants just have outdoor seating on the streets and stuff Mm. have you gone at all yeah new york um there are a few restaurants um that i've passed that have done that i haven't seen any like full blocks um but yeah like parking is becoming more competitive because there's less street parking because people are moving their stuff out into the street right but yeah like people are really enjoying it like every time i pass a place with like an outdoor option like it's generally full and it's like people are just like social distancing and enjoying themselves and like we've actually the only areas that i've seen that have been completely blocked off are like near precincts for the police in the city yeah like you can't like you can't go near any of the precincts so yeah there's a precinct a couple blocks from uh where i work and the last time i drove by um it's still like 10 foot concrete walls wrapped in barbed wire oh dang no these are just like little wood fences and a cop standing outside (laughs) (laughs) nothing to that degree yeah oh dang they uh they burned down one police precinct so they decided that's true i forgot about that detail the other ones so yeah it's uh it's interesting minneapolis is is really interesting right now because unfortunately it's not it's not a it's not a city for like city living really like people live in the city and there's like um the north loop kind of has more of like the city living amenities of like there's some retail and there's like restaurants and stuff that are open late and things like that but for most of the the downtown area the downtown is built around like commuters coming into the u.s bank building and the rbc building and the all the law firms and things like that and now right corporate commuters aren't downtown um there's like some parts of downtown that really aren't safe right now and uh there's it's fairly dead like there's just not a lot of energy in the city because there's no one here it's crazy and so i've been like partly weighing that in my where the fuck do i live next I've been everywhere from in my head of like, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to uh, buy a house and I'm going to move somewhere and 
live in an apartment in some other city. So I've run the spectrum of uh, ideas for where to move. Now I just need to make a decision. Yes, you do. Um, I think even if you do it for a few weeks and you come back or do whatever, like yeah. maybe it's not a full month, maybe it's a couple of weeks in a few different cities and not states, but right, definitely worth. I think it would be a cool thing to tackle during this time. Yeah, and the other thing is too, like I could always do it when things are a little more stable too. Totally. Right. Well, if you want to rent my apartment for 50% of the cost, you could do that for a month. That's not a, that's not a terrible idea. It's literally half of what you pay now and half of what I pay now. <laughs> so we both win. Uh. Um, Okay, so I want to go back. I was trying to find this article quick. Yeah. Okay, so back to like education. Yeah. So have you heard about how um, international students are will be required to take at least one in-person class to keep their visas to stay yeah. to be studying in the U.S. Yeah. So with a lot of with a lot of universities prioritizing like online classes some opportunity so some universities right like they're offering only a, a yeah in person not an in-person option in september but like um not even like even a hybrid it's only online so for some of those some of those uh universities like columbia and nyu they're offering a one credit like it's called, the class is called like global something like global studies for one credit and they'll meet in person and that will that Sorry. will allow for them for these international students to take that course so that their visa will they'll make, meet all the requirements for their visa right. which i was like i did like i thought that was like a nice effort on the universities definitely especially when people are so like committed to diversity and inclusion and that is, I mean, you can't, when you have all these diverse audiences traveling all over the world to study at your play, your institution, this is like the great, like a great way for you to just like step up, create curriculum because the government is working against you at this point and almost these like liberal sides of education kind of like rising up to meet the, the needs of their students, which is cool. Yeah, and I think there's, there's obviously a lot of debate around uh, um, visas for education and how that works and how people think it should work and et cetera. But like, if someone like to deny a visa because of an unforeseen pandemic, because someone like literally doesn't have the option of going to class seems a little ridiculous it does it does seem and i think like i don't know i think people are starting to spot even if you are on the conservative side of things like and people are starting to spot like these like mm, this doesn't make total sense and like even like the ads coming out from the some republican 
groups or super PACs being like, we don't even agree with our president. He's like in our party. Like there's just been like a lot of like, I don't know, holes just like popping or like being put into the systematic issues that are under our president. Like even with just like Penn starting to wear a mask and Trump isn't, you know, like you yeah. see within his own like small team, especially with his team keeps getting COVID. So I don't know, it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, I, uh, I despise all of our politicians regardless of their political affiliation. So it's equal opportunity to be despised. Yeah. By Alec. Yeah, you're all fucking horrible people. <laughs> Such a bizarre area of like employment. That's the issue. It shouldn't be an area of employment. It's true. You shouldn't be able to miraculously become a millionaire because you were elected to be a public servant. We should stop calling them politicians and refer to them as the public servants that they are. <laughs> yeah I think it's like really hard because it's like what this job was and what it is now like aren't totally the same and we're having we're seeing issues of things that were created at the origin of the nation that no longer apply as they were written then and they need to be things need to be adapted and changed but we're also seeing people who've been in politics for 50 years, 40 years, 30 years say, yeah. we have such a, our, the political system is so broken. It's like, yeah, that's the, the laws that you authored and the bills that you authored and the pay increases that you benefited from. And like suddenly now you're going to change it because someone's trying to spotlight on it. No, you're not morally righteous. You got caught and now you're trying to stay in power. So you're changing your positions. Yeah, that's how it goes. I really hate them. I just like, I'm like too tired to like, I know, even tune into any of that anymore. Like, I, I remember would... being so drained from 2016. Like, I literally feel tired thinking about that. I, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I mean, it's 2016 all over again. Um, less debates yeah uh i was very excited last week and this weekend because there's live sports on from <laughs> live from europe so i there was a much a much welcomed escape from like there's there's nothing going on in america other than politics it's all it's so fucking stupid it's politics and continuing to show systemic oppression and racist behavior it's it's politics and karens there it is that's it sometimes real neat yep politics and karens there's some uh, gif floating around now about the new American girl being a Karen and she has the hair, blonde hair and these like batty eyebrows. So funny. Yeah, it's, it's fucking annoying. I just, I watched soccer and F1 racing all weekend and it was just a great escape from. Sounds amazing. 
I like didn't even really like watch. No, I take that back. I watched this new show about three drag queens that go into like super conservative areas of the country and turn three people from the community into drag queens. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> so there's like, I haven't watched anything like new on Netflix. I just fucking, I'm about to finish The Office for the ninth time. Have you watched Zero 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 yet? I have not, no. It's on Prime. It's so good. I've heard it's really good. I haven't just, like, I just have so not been, like, the mental space to, like, sit down and watch an intense TV show. Oh, yeah. That one will just run you over. I, uh... Have you, have you watched 365 yet? No. That's, that's on Netflix. Yeah, that's not something that I would watch. Why? I don't know. It doesn't... I'm not doesn't uh, doesn't. Um, I did. I wasn't interested in either, but everyone was talking about it, so I watched it and I really liked it. Yeah, I. I it think, ended up just being like an Italian Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. Never saw Fifty Shades of Grey. Me either. But from what I it, from what I gathered it feels like that's exactly what Fifty Shades of Grey was. But this one was a, an Italian-Polish one. Okay. Yeah, I probably won't watch it. I'm like, I haven't seen... If, if, it starts, if something starts getting talked about a shit ton, the chances of me watching it continually go down. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I never what? saw... What? Yeah. Oh, Game of Thrones is so good. Just don't watch the last season. That's, that's what everyone has told me. Uh, it's yeah. so good. Did you like Lord of the Rings? Did you ever watch that? Yeah. It's literally that. It's like this. It feels like the same world, except for your heart breaks more times because everybody you love will die, guaranteed. Right. Yeah, it's just. Uh, it seems like a. It seems like a very large undertaking. Sure. Had, did you watch Space Force? I watched a couple episodes. Not yeah, very. Me too. It's goofy, but whatever. Uh, yeah, I uh, so I have a I have a lot of gripes with Amazon Prime. Their video streaming service sucks. Like their interface and the usability of their interface is awful. It's true. Uh, you should hire me to fix it. Thank you. Um, but uh, yes. Um, so I watched a trailer for a TV show. The um. What's it called? The one with, what's it called? Forgot what it's called, but the one, it's about like the, the Jews who hunt down Nazis. I think it's called Hunters. Oh, yep, yep. I watched that trailer, okay? okay. And in the bottom right corner, it said episode one. I clicked episode one after the trailer was over. And it started playing a different TV show. <laughs> A, a different show. Not surprised. Yeah, like, their whole their whole thing is goofy. I was I would even just try to like click play next episode and it would be like thirty seconds of an ad and then you're like, yeah. why am I waiting? What? Or like, if you or like if you fell asleep watching something and you go back to try and like watch an episode that you felt that you were asleep for, if it's like during the credits, you can't you can't start it over. You have to go to no. the episode before it and let that episode finish before it's like it's all so bad it's so bad 
the uh, one show you might like that's trending right now is Unsolved Mysteries. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. There's a there's the show called Unsolved Mysteries. My friends were telling me about a podcast called Unsolved Mysteries. Um, apparently, the one, the one episode I watched, you would really like. This guy was like in the Philly area. No, Philly, Baltimore, Baltimore, and. His wife wasn't home. He gets a phone call. He seems to like run out the house. He gets a phone call from work. They can't tra- trace who at work called him, but it almost seems like he was late for something or something happened. Then he goes missing. No one can find him. And then they find his car like a month and a half later, parked in this parking lot next behind a hotel, the Biltmore. And then when they're on top of the parking garage like looking around they see this tiny hole on top of like a part of the Biltmore like a lower part of it like what would what is that and so then they, they go in the Biltmore they open up the room they find this guy's body there his glasses aren't broken his phone is not broken but his body is like shattered and it seems like he jumped off this building so they ruled it a suicide but the trajectory for him to get there to that point from the top of this hotel is impossible to jump. They have no idea how he got into that area, why his glasses are perfect, why his phone is just fine, where they planted afterwards, who knows? And they have no idea. Like if it was a hit, like what did he possibly know? Because he was just this guy who worked, I think he was like a, like a, like a writer at a financial firm. Like he like discovered something and was like, I don't know. All I kept thinking was like, it's almost like he was pushed out of a helicopter because he like fell in this weird place and then like nothing else. But like, just like so many things just like did not add up. And it was just like, your mind just starts to race. You're like, how, 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 how? And like, I don't know. It was bizarre. It was really good. So there's a... I find all that stuff super interesting. Um, my hope is that people will turn the same type of scrutiny and like question asking to like what everyone just screams conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory at. Like when you hear something that you is like, instead of saying that something is a conspiracy theory, like uh, the mysterious murder of seth rich right yeah. uh like ask the same questions that those people in those shows ask like well why did why did that happen why is this like that why is that like this just ask more critical questions even of official reports reports in big air quotes because um, like there's a lot of there's enough like unsolved mysteries if you just want to like question some basic logic uh, that, you know, involve the government and financial crimes and. Some of the biggest mysteries are hiding behind accepted truth. It's correct. Um, Like for instance, right now, the biggest unsolved mystery that I'm super interested in is, uh, Jeffrey Epstein and 
newly arrested Ghislaine Maxwell. I was just about to bring that up. So I'm super happy you did because, whoa. Oh, if, you're, if you're willing to think, if you're willing to question any sort of standard narrative, this is the craziest shit ever. It is. It's a hundred percent crazy. And I actually didn't realize this. And so like where my mind starts to go is, so you know how, so did you finish the documentary on Netflix yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know how the autopsy is performed and the guy's like that bone wouldn't fracture if it was a suicide. Correct. Okay. So we know his injuries are inconsistent with the ruling of, of how he died, right? Yep. Then we know that the guards were not checking on him every half hour as they were supposed to and forging the documents as if though it appeared he, they were. Now, I didn't realize, because I, I guess in like all the fluster of this story coming out, like I didn't ever read, but... I later found out that the guards are currently on trial themselves for not doing their jobs. And I thought that was cute. I was curious about that because I didn't even, I was like, yes, they should definitely be held accountable because he was like, there was so many things surrounding Jeffrey Epstein, but like, especially with a prior attempted suicide, like he was at risk. But I'm like, one, you chose like, you conveniently chose to do these, like, to forge these records. But two, it's just, like, too convenient that you were, like, just forging them for Jeffrey and you just happened to, like, look away. Because then the if this were... off and... Right, all these things. And then it's like, well, if this were a bigger problem, one, would we even hear about that at the prison? Like, oh, there were other cops that weren't looking at other people. Like, who else has been swept under the rug? I mean, El Chapo was in that prison. It's right. That's right. I don't know. It just feels like too much convenience. Like, oh, just happened that that camera didn't work and those that they were also just forging the records. Like, too many things were happening. And so now that Ghislaine was like conveniently caught in her New Hampshire hideaway, I'm like so curious about like one what her trial will look like and two will there be any issues getting her there like yeah i was just listening to one of my favorite podcasts is called uh flagrant two with andrew schultz and akash singh um and uh they just i was literally just listening to it they did like they've been speculating on Ghislaine for the last like half hour just like complete speculation about things that like rumors that are flying around things like that um did they talk about the one with um, Ghislaine and uh, the, the young pageant girl that was mysteriously died in Colorado? No. Uh, John Benet Ramsey. Okay. There's these photos flying around of a woman in the background of one of the last photos taken of John Benet Ramsey that looks like Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. So apparently. Yo, listen to this. They were talking about, um, apparently there's a picture of uh, Kevin Spacey and Ghislaine Maxwell at the, um, the Royal Palace 
in Europe in uh, Palace. And uh, that they were there as guests of um, Bill Clinton. And then apparently the three people who have um, made accusations about Kevin Spacey, three of those people who have made accusations all died. Wait, really? Apparently, yeah. And so, I mean... Wait, all the guys that came out against Kevin Spacey that basically destroyed his career have all died? Three of them have, yeah. I don't know about all of them, but three of them. Oh, my God. That's fucked up. Crazy. Dude, Kevin Spacey went dark. Like, no, like, what? Yeah. And then, uh, and then, so apparently, have you heard about Ghislaine's uh, dad? He's he's like a... He was part of... Mossad, the Israeli CIA, essentially. I had heard that, yes. And so there's some people who are speculating that, okay, he mysteriously died when she was 12. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like he drowned on his, off of his boat. That's the official report. He was drunk, he fell off his boat and drowned. Um, people are saying that's questionable. I, I would agree. Um, but so there's people who are like, well, maybe Ghislaine has been part of, you know, intelligence agencies since he was a child. If she has lived, you know, she's just connected to intelligence agencies across the, across the world. And they were just like, hey, we need you to be in, we need you to be in Vermont. And because like, maybe she's part of an intelligence agency and that's, she did what she was supposed to do. And then they they arrested her because like, I don't understand. Like if you're her, why would you be in America? It's true though. You know? And so who knows, I guess apparently to, uh, AG Barr, William Barr, his dad hired Jeffrey Epstein to be a associate professor at some college, like way back in the day. So like, I don't know how the hell Epstein and Ghislaine had so many contacts with seemingly all of the powerful people in the world. But, uh, I mean, I think it's pretty telling when after Ghislaine was arrested, everyone on the internet is like, well, hopefully Ghislaine doesn't kill herself, you know, or like there's memes about Hillary Clinton calling the, suicide hotline have you seen that no it's a meme of uh (laughs) it's hilarious uh it's like hello this is the like suicide uh hotline whatever like 1-800 whatever and uh then it's a picture of hillary clinton on the phone saying yes i'd like to place an order (laughs) (laughs) um i mean like when epstein was arrested everyone was like oh like he's gonna be dead like they're gonna kill him and they did and so i think people are expecting the same of gilin um i hope not i hope i hope some 
part of it, like, I hope some crazy shit happens and it's like, oh, yeah, all of these fucking powerful people are actually horrible human beings because it kind of seems that way. (laughs) It's one of those things where it's like, when you, when you start to question one thing, you start to question everything. Question everything. That's my motto. It is. I just sent you this tweet. But it is so easy to lose like you when you start to remember that everything you've been taught has been put in place by a system and the system was created by a man, men and like all these things like it's all just like learned behaviors based off of like you were told was true so it's just like everything is human centric and so you have to like and not that everything is a falsehood but like there are so many things that you have to just question like why because the reality is like if you don't ask why then you're just accepting everything to be true and that just means you're really trusting which is both good and bad and now you're at a point where you're starting to, where people are like it's almost trendy to unpack so many things and i think that's almost like another layer as to why black lives matter has been so successful right now is because so many people are are unpacking all the elements to like policing and like like government and like i think that's also like why there's all this movement behind people who are you have the and I know you don't love politicians but I think that's like why there was so much backing of Trump because he was like gonna run this company like a the country like a business which he did but his businesses aren't good and then you have like the AOCs who are like different types who are like coming in and really like talking for the people in a way that's very different than what politicians normally do. So I don't know. It's just very interesting where it's like, if you don't question why, then you're just going to believe it to be true. And life is simpler that way, but also life is not simple. Like you have to remember that. So like, don't simplify a complex thing. You only lose, you'll lose the parts that are the most important. Right. And I think it's, I mean, Everybody has a predisposition to believe one thing over another or to accept a convenient truth, whatever, right? But think about, like, the way I think about it is in a couple ways. One, in 2015, when I was telling people that, hey, like, CNN and Fox and all that, like, it's all bullshit. And no one wanted everyone was like okay like you're a conspiracy conspiracy theorist they're telling us the news right and now everyone pretty much acknowledges that fake news is a real thing and that cnn and fox aren't super valid places to get objective news it's true right and so and now what you have is a system where especially in in corona i think this is really interesting right you have people doing their nightly news shows and their nightly talk shows like this. They're using the same technology that we're using for this podcast. Right. 
right? And so now they've lost the credibility of production value. That's true. And now everyone has the same ability and same access to this production value. So now when people are making decisions on the content that they watch, they're going to actually be paying attention to what you're saying, the content of what you're putting out. Is it good? Is it real? Is it objective? Is it biased? Is it openly biased and opinionated? And that's how it's supposed to be. Or is it thinly veiled opinions as presented as fact? And so with so much free flowing information, these institutions that used to have all this credibility, like the Washington Post and CNN and Fox News and all these places that in the 80s and 90s may have been credible sources, but have become diluted and slanted because they're money-making operations. Um, they're no longer, they're no longer valid. They're no more valid than someone who, you know, I hate, I don't like, I don't like the term citizen journalist, but if I'm someone in Minneapolis and I go and I'm, was at the riots or at the protests or at the vigil or been walking around talking to people and I go on YouTube and put that out, that's more valid than someone in Washington at CNN saying today in Minneapolis, this happened because they saw some tweets about it, you know? It's true. And so it's a really interesting time when we still see so many people not willing to question what people like CNN, Fox news say because of their legacy of credibility versus their, their the lack of credibility that they currently have. Uh, and so it's, it's a, it's an interesting point in time. I think when kids, like when you see when kids are really young, they always ask like, why, 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 why? And parents are like, shut the fuck up. That's because that's how the world works. You're annoying. Right. It gets to that point. Cause they ask why so much we're at some point in our lives, we're taught to stop asking why. And I think that's one of the worst things that can happen. Because if you just start accepting things at face value, you're just like, oh, that's the, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Like you just get put in a box so quickly. You're not, you're not left to be able to think for yourself, make decisions for yourself. And uh, it gets to be a, a scary place. And I have part of the, you get to a place like, we have with cancel culture it's like oh that's a bad that's a bad thing okay that person must be taken down it's like okay well maybe think about it objectively and have an original thought before we just start accepting this hive mind of social media right and that's the hard part is once the hive starts moving it's the wildfire that you can't put out you know right until there's a new fire burning that directs your attention because this one's starting to fizzle out. So, yeah, it's a it's a pretty uh, nasty nasty game. Media is a pretty shitty place right now. Um, like I'm sure you saw the the TikToker who said that 
or who, yeah, who said she was going to stab people who said that all lives matter. Did you see this? This, uh, this recent college grad said, if anyone, the next person who says all lives matter, I'm going to stab you. And while you're bleeding out, I'm going to show you my paper cut and tell you that my paper or that all cuts matter. And then, um, she, uh, she claimed that she had a job at Deloitte and that she was fired. Um, the truth is she had a two week internship scheduled for the end of the summer at Deloitte and then they pulled her internship. But then she went on TikTok and was like, all these Trump supporters, these Trumpers ruined my life and they're sending me death threats and violent threats and things like that. And it's all these Trump supporters, Trump supporters, Trump supporters did this to me. And I was like, unfortunately, like that's, that's the cancel culture. That's, that's what happened to Amy Cooper. That's what happened to all these Karens. That's what happened to all of these people who have been canceled. That's what happens. And up until recently, it's tended to be, uh, from what I've seen, more liberal-leaning people canceling more conservative-leaning people. But now you start to see it starting to these people, the, the woke cult, the woke, woke culture is starting to cannibalize itself of I'm more woke than you are. How dare you not be woke as me? And you start taking down people because they're not woke enough, even though they're on your side. Yeah. It's kind of, it feels like we almost get to a point where you have the the fear of misstepping keeps everybody from saying anything. And to your point where it's like, it could happen to anyone. And the minute that you're out, like God save you because the world will come for you. And it's not right or it's not red or blue. Like everyone is guilty of that. Right. But I will say that when we deal with this group of individuals where everyone was given a trophy for doing the best, yep. you have this group of individuals who feel that any attack on their views is attack on them. And, but they're supposed to be right. They've been rewarded their whole life. And I, you know, we come from that group of people. And I can say, like, there's times where, like, when I had to grow up really fast moving to New York and realize that criticism was not about me, it was about the work I was doing and how I could be better. Like, when you separate yourself and you grow out of that and you force yourself to change, it's painful. But those individuals who choose to step aside and view the problem as the problem and how to fix it versus attaching it to a person, like all these things of regarding like not everyone's going to get rewarded. And if you're not rewarded for your frame, your, the way you're viewing something, it's not an attack on you. It's an attack on the idea. And when now you're associating that as part of you and that's, you you can remove yourself from it. If you hold a viewpoint, it's not your end all be all. Like if someone doesn't like it, they're allowed to not like it. And you can respect that. And the more we start respecting differences, we're going to have cancel culture will hopefully diminish itself. Right. Because isn't it interesting that it's, uh, you know, we need to be 
we need to be more inclusive. We need to have more diversity. We need to have, we need to accept more people, right? Mm -hmm. Unless they think differently than we do, unless they have different ideas than we do, then we should shout them down and not let them have a voice. Yeah. That's. And contradictory. Flash. Everybody's going to think differently, especially when you start to include people of various backgrounds. Their experiences are different. That's why you want them in the room. You want them to challenge you the way you're thinking because the way you're thinking is not going to be 100% right all the time. Best idea wins. Always should. Always should. Always will. For the betterment of the product, the project, the company, whatever you're working on. Yeah. Like let the, surround yourself with the people that the smartest people in the room. And it's not going to be you. I'm consistently the dumbest person in a room. Same. And uh, like, I don't know, we're just, it's crazy. Did you see the, did you see, I think it was Halle Berry put out a statement that like she was auditioning for a role of a transgender man. And she said that she was, regretful and sorry that she auditioned for that role because that's not her role to play it should be the role of a transgender man oh i didn't see this so i think it was halle berry and it like so so should we find uh like real axe murderers to play real axe murderers when we make movies about axe murderers or how about just removing the fact that someone's transgender and be like, if he's a male, let him play male parts. Like, no. let if a woman is a female, then let her play female parts. Like, like you, it's not like a gay guy can't play a straight guy. Like, that's the same, literally the same parallel. Like, exactly. It's if he's if his like remove their sexuality or their gender identity away from it. If the part is for a Asian female in her forties anyone who fits that type should be allowed to you know like to run for it like i just watched um we watched the dutch woman i think a few, like a month or so ago and that was played by and that was a story about like the first ever like successful sex sex change operation in germany like back in the early 1900s it was phenomenal and it was played by um the guy who stars in uh, uh, crap, like the offshoot of Harry Potter, a man, a oh, fantastic yeah. beast, and where to find them. Yeah, he did an amazing job. Him and his um, his uh, co-star, who played his wife, who actually stuck with him, well, eventually her through her entire transition, and it was like a beautiful story. It's like after, at the end of the day, these people are actors. They are acting, right? So yeah. like, if you want to tell authentic stories, then find people who have lived that and let them be writers, let them be producers, let them be a part of their project. But you don't need though, like then we should stop doing biopics. We should stop having actors playing people who lived in real life because they aren't those people, right? Like that's where we get into like really you say slippery slope and that's always the argument that comes. That's what, that's what people say about gun rights is it's a slippery slope. Um, but it's really, it's any sort of claiming some sort of moral, moral high ground or uh, morally righteous 
ground that you want to take it's like okay well like we can we can keep going until the wokest of the woke get all you know get all the brownie points from society but is that really moving us forward like where where can we where can we draw a line of like okay we can move forward now we know it's not a competition for who's the wokest and who's the most morally righteous and all this shit that's all so subjective your morality is completely subjective totally is this isn't just like if you find yourself being in a room of such like minds where you can't learn anything new then you need to change up your routine you need to change your job you need to change where you live you need to go somewhere else you need to do something different because this is why we have issues in hollywood where people like project like a mainstream idea because it's all cut from the same like echo chambers yes exactly like we need more like inclusive directors we need more inclusive writers we need more I'm just saying inclusive because I don't care what your background is. You just need to think differently from what the stereotype or from what's actually been happening. Like, I don't care if you're a man or a woman. I don't care your background. We just need people to think differently to represent new ideas, new stories, and know that we don't need to see Spider-Man 16 different times. Like, exactly. let's, like, just gonna, like, like, let's tell a different story. Like, you can enough tell- is enough. You can tell it's so needed in, especially in Hollywood right now, because they're taking old uh, movies from the early 2000s and turning them into TV shows. And they're taking, like, look at how well Parasite did. It blew out of the water. And people are like, we're done with, like, seeing, like, what was done here in our own backyard. We want to see a film that's not even written in English, not, not even, like, and you, you have to read the we're going to read the subtitles the entire time, not even hear it. And best picture. And like, it was phenomenal. People were captivated. Like it was a new way of storytelling. We want more of that, especially now when we need to escape all of these crazy times. I will say too though, like one of the reasons why America has been the global superpower number one for so long is because we export American culture everywhere into the world. Mm-hmm. We are sure. the, our, our power lies within our media export and our media machine is so powerful that people all over the world are celebrating the 4th of July and also protesting Black Lives Matter and doing all these very American centric things all over the world and so we need to get back to a place where like american culture is actually good and not demonized at every turn totally i think american culture is like the rock that's cast into the water and you see the ripple effect right i think like the black lives matter example i understand like yeah there's some stuff like that but like there's also like those issues happening in other countries. And I think that just gave them the courage to talk and like speak up about the own inequalities that they're facing. Right. But I will say that I agree with you. Like Bollywood produces like six times more films than we do in the U S and they don't gross nearly what they would there. And, but like, I'm like more people would love to see that type of stuff here. Like there's just so many like 
beautiful things that are being produced all over. Like America was meant to be this like collective of new ideas and like celebrating people of all backgrounds. Well, it wasn't actually formed that way, but that's like kind of like the new age thinking of it. And like, we need to do be better about doing those types of things and celebrating different ideas and new cultures and new ideas and, and making that the new normal that's excited and like diverse thinking and diverse minds. Yeah, I'm all for more cultural integration, but at the same, like, it's, it's interesting, right? Like if I was like, cool, I want to be, I'm excited about um, Bollywood, right? Let's just for mm -hmm. an example, I'm excited about Bollywood. If I decide that I want to be the director of a Bollywood movie as a white guy, I'm portrayed as a culture vulture and appropriating Indian culture for my own profit. Right. So we have to stop demonizing people trying to embrace other cultures because they like them and they're, th they're interesting and there's not, not malicious intent behind trying to do something with other cultures as a white person or as if, like if a, you know, if someone of any race decides that they want or any or ethnic background or cultural background decide that they want to partake in some sort of other culture and do so in a, in a way that may also yield them financial benefit, that doesn't mean that they're trying to exploit that culture. I agree. I think there's like also like different, like you have the people who are, who don't think like us because they would literally just like take it and be like, I'm going to tell a story accurately and not, and think that they know everything there is to know without any input. You and I would approach that project and be like, I want people who understand the story I want to tell surrounding me in this project so that we can tell it together. I'm going to lead the project, but I want to create new positions where like you're like, you're the, lead on costumes and like you're doing all these other things and like working with people and a team to tell the story accurately and of course like getting the people to play the parts that would do the story the most justice like we would totally approach we would totally approach that product to so differently i think people there, there's always that issue with people who think they can come in steamroll and think that they're going to tell a story exactly the way they need to when really they got no input from anyone right. who would have been nearly involved with that. So agreed. There's yeah. just different ways to do it. And you have to think differently. Like your model for getting something done has to change. Like you can't just like come in and think you're the only person in the room. You're going to absorb that and just like lead your team to success. Like go for the go for the Avengers model for I'm going to bring that up again and just and rely on like your top staffers and your team to work together to promote an idea and get something done. The best people for each job and do it that way. Wow, what a crazy concept. Yeah. Regardless of who you are, if you're the smartest person in the room and you want them on their team, what a weird idea, Alec. I know, it's like, it's almost, it's almost too logical. So logical, I just don't even know how we would even start to implement something like that. But uh, that would be racist if, like, the three best people for the job were white people and you hired them. Then you'd... 
probably be a racist. I mean, as long as you did everything you could to make sure that there is an accurate pool that of people, you know, I think there's just so many fingers to point all the time. And no matter what problem you're looking at, there could be three or four different solutions. And I think that's the, that's the part of like recruiting that has to change where you're really doing the work to get a diverse pool. And, and like, I, don't I also know. think there's some people just don't uh, hire someone because you're looking to feel like more to have more Asians at your company. Like right. that's Isn't not fair to anybody. More tokenism. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I don't think someone wants to be hired because they're like, I fit your visual mold of what you're looking for for this company. I want to be hired for what I'm bringing to the table, my mind and all these things. Yep. And unfortunately, like, like you said, this, we have a generation of, and yeah, it's a lot of our generation that were like, got eighth place trophies and yeah, they never learned that, Hey, you're not good enough at this. Right. And like, it's okay to not be good at something. If you enjoy it, you don't have to be good at it. Just go do it. Yeah. I play golf a lot. I'm not very good at it. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'll like play hockey on the pond of my buddies, but I'm like literally the worst. Like, don't choose me on your team, but I'll have fun. Yeah. And so, and it's one thing to be said for like hobbies and things just to fuck around. Like, but if you're, if you want a job, like there's jobs that I want, but I know that I'm not good enough at what I do to get those jobs yet. Mm -hmm. I will be good enough because exactly you have to actually put in the work to get better at things to be like, there's a lot of people who do what I do and my goal is to be better at it than all of them. Right. Totally. I mean, and that's like, you just have to apply yourself. You can't expect a trophy. Exactly. Showing up is the, is the barrier of entry, not, not the end reward. Yeah, exactly. Showing up is literally like, an expectation not like step one no you don't get a gold star for showing up you get your name written down to get a gold star eventually because you're there that day if you perform well crazy maybe i'll get a gold star when i i have my i'm been at my new job six months on monday nice i guess I guess I've been at my new job. We started about the same time. We both started new jobs at right about the same time. You're right. New year, new us. Yep. It's been cool. Um, so cool. Yeah, we're uh, we're actually gonna we're moving offices. We're gonna get a little bit, a little bit bigger space, room for one more person in the office. So how you got rid of your offices completely. Are you getting just a new shared space at that place? We're getting a new shared. So we, our office is at a co-working space. Right. So we're getting, we were just going to get rid of the office. Um, but then me and my boss were like, we're way more productive when we come into the office and we get way more <laughs> stuff done. So we're going to, we're going to keep this place. So we, uh, um, we had got the place for another month and I think we're going to move to a little bit bigger space where we can, um, bring in another person who's going to help us launch. We have the kind of like the consultancy um, and then we're going to launch a new, a completely different new company 
Uh, and so we're going to bring in one more person who's going to help us build that out. So cool. Very cool. We got, I talk more about it off of the interwebs because it's not a, it's not a real thing yet. So once it's real, then we'll talk about it online, but fair enough. Well, I think that's been, that's this week. It's July. Fucking July, man. I will say it's, it's 845 here and it's still, it's still up right outside. It's like the greatest time of the year in Minnesota where it's light until like nine, nine 30. I love that time. Before we descend the 4.30 sunsets. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Absolutely the worst. Um, Cool. Okay, so next week, where will you be during our uh, recording next week? Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. All right. Sick. Make a time. We'll have uh, stories from Logan's travels. Yeah, I'll tell you all about the plane ride. Yes. Okay. I want to know about planes. I want to know about like, are you guys saying that you have friends in Portland? Airbnb. Airbnb. Okay. I want to know about that. Cool. I'm going to get the whole breakdown. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, we're going to go visit um, a forest that was on a cliff that descended into the ocean. Okay. Stay tuned. Okay. I got to go to that. Post it, on, post it on the, the podcast Instagram. There you go. There we go. Live from the rock. All right. Another week. Good night. Bye.